Welcome to the One Up Revenue Podcast, podcast for cross-functional sales team, whether you're in sales, marketing, or customer success. This one goes out to all the hustlers on the phones each and every day, slugging it out. Whether you're adding net new logos, expanding revenue from your sold base, or renew existing accounts, we're here for one thing and one thing only, to drive revenue. One up! I'm your host, Jackson Lil, a top funnel sales dev strategist and an everyday frontline practitioner. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Five, four, three, two, one. Chris Watson, welcome to the One Up Revenue Podcast. How are you, brother? Bro, I am. I've got Nintendo right behind me, Mario. So when we're talking one ups, bro, I am hey, the Nintendo champ. Hey, there we go. And there we go. So you you know it, bro. I'm ready to one up. Let's get it. Hell yeah. Um, Chris, appreciate you being here, man. Definitely long overdue. I know we met for a good two, almost three years now from the Sales Rebellion. But uh, thanks again for coming on to share your stories and share some insights and strategy when it comes to storytelling. Um. Yeah, without further ado, feel free to take away, man. What's your story? What are you currently doing today? You know, how'd you get into storytelling? And uh, we'll just start there and kick it off. Yeah, man. Um, Chris Watson, I'm the founder of Craft and Compel. Uh, we are an organization that helps startup founders, uh, sales leaders, and business owners uh, engage high value audiences. Uh, every organization has high value audiences they're trying to engage, and uh, we believe in the power of storytelling. So at Craft and Compel, we always say we are trying to transform people into intentional storytellers. My belief is that every communication uh, that we have in our lives is a story. Um, we tell a story every single day, not only to ourselves, but to others. And when we think about that in terms of all communication is storytelling, it shifts our brain for a moment to say, okay, I'm in the worst place of my life right now, but this is going to be a great story to tell when I have victory. Or I'm in the greatest place of my life right now, but this is going to be a terrible story if this is the end. There's got to be another mountain that I got to climb. So when we begin to think about storytelling in those terms of, I'm going to tell this story one day. Um, it shifts our brain to realize that we are all, we have to own our story. Um, and when we own it, we begin earning our story. And then when we begin earning our story. We then begin telling our story to other people. And then that last piece, man, is then we begin um, impacting other people's stories. And so, um, you know, my storytelling journey was when I was eight years old, I would act like uh, TV characters, movie characters, and I would tell their stories. I would act like them and operate like, and everybody would, would be quiet. The, you know, the grandma, the grandpa, my parents, everybody's laughing. Like I'm engaging. I'm like, this is awesome. Like when I impersonate other people, when I act like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Steve Urkel or Alf or whoever it might be, man, these people are rolling. Dennis the Menace, they loved it. <laughs> Um, that is the best. then, then what would happen is from eight years old, I jump into like 10 years old, 12 years old. And I start telling my own stories. Hey, let me tell you this one time when I was, and, and I did this thing, man, where 
when I was young, I would tell stories as if I was when I was older in a different life. So when I was 10, I'd be like, Jackson, when I was 18, I one time went on this trip with my friends and I would tell this long story about fake life and people were engaged the whole time and they forgot that it was, hey, this is when I was 18. And it transformed into when I did presentations in high school to then when I dressed up like people in college to then every sales job I ever had, I used the power of storytelling to make sure that audience was engaged, curious, who's this guy? And the most important thing, to be memorable. Nice, nice. Okay, so we got, first, we got to own our story. Next, from there, you'll earn the story uh, to tell the story. And then the last one is impact. Other people's stories. Impacting other people's story. Um, Chris, if it's all right, would you like to just throw a curveball with you real quick? So you mentioned early on you like to, um, I guess, if like, you know, Dennis the Menace and at a relatively young age. And you started to tell stories. Uh, can you give an example of what that looked like, if that's okay with you? Yeah. Um, you know, with Dennis the Menace, he was mischievous. He was a schemer. And, you know, he was, he was always getting in trouble on purpose, but he telegraphed everything. And so what would happen is, is that with my, my mom or my dad or my grandma or my grandpa, I would do something mischievous. I'd pull a prank. I'd do something funny, right? Uh, you know, Mr. Wilson, right? Like I'd call my family, Mr. Wilson, right? And I would play that out. And, uh, and then if I got in trouble, I'd be like, dad, I was just being Dennis the Menace. So it kind of gave me an out that I was acting out you know, this character. And here's why it's, here's why there's a lesson there to be learned is because as an executive, if I'm getting approximately 134 emails a day, if all of your emails are the same of, Hey, John, I talked to other senior vice presidents that are in technology and we saw this problem. Are you encountering this too? Because at our company, we do A, B, C, and it gives you the benefits of C, D, E. No, man, if my email's like subject line, Mr. Wilson, and then underneath I say, listen, our company is like Dennis the Menace. We are the mischievous company, the company you didn't even see coming. We solve problems in a way that Dennis the Menace would solve problems just to bug Mr. Wilson. If you want to bug your competition as if they're Mr. Wilson, then let's be a menace to them because our product <laughs> can help you be a menace. Bro, that email... With the with the with the gif oh, of Dennis the Menace pulling a prank on Mr. Wilson, bro, that's different. That is an email. They're like, what? So then when I call them and I'm like, yo, this is Dennis the Menace. This is who? Listen, if you do, if you can just connect me to Tom, he'll know. Tom picks up. Who's this? Yo, this is Dennis the Menace. You get my email. This is who? <laughs> that's different. That's curious. That's that is bold, right? So. Yeah, that's why I worked with my parents. It was disruptive. It was curious. It was funny. Not only that, bro, we haven't even gotten to this, but not only that, the most powerful stories are when we tell somebody a story that then they go tell somebody else a story. So when I did that, you better believe my parents would then go tell other people that I would hear. Oh, Chris was being Dennis the Menace the other day. It was crazy. He put a rope 
from one side of the stairs to the other and his little brother tripped up. Oh, I'm giving him a story to tell about me. This is dope. And I started just to kind of learn audience. Yeah. I started to learn, oh, I can, man, if I do something good, my dad will tell other people me being good. Okay, I'm going to go and make sure I tell those stories of in class with, you know, uh, Mr. Simpson, what I did good. So my dad will go tell my grandma what I did good, right? It's all storytelling, bro. So hope that's a good example. No, no, <clears throat> that, dude, thank you for that. I commend you for this. This is actually above and beyond. I was just uh, curious of what that looked like for you on your end as a parent, but you were able to basically just did it on the fly in terms of a business perspective. Yeah. How to prospect. And uh, that was really, really good, by the way. And you, to all the reps listening right now, if you have prospect that you figured out that they love Dennis Smith, feel free to steal that. Just make sure you paint Chris and give him the credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was fire, man. I was like, oh, God damn. <laughs> um, Chris, so uh, just dive, dive a little bit deep in the back end, if that's all right. Like, you know, how'd you, um, how'd you end up in sales, man? And like, when did you really realize that to the point where, hey, the power story really is powerful? Because you mentioned when someone, when you share a story with somebody and they decide to share it with someone else, uh, that's basically taking the same concept of teaching someone something new because they like to learn it twice. Mm -hmm. uh, when did you get this aha moment for you with that? Hey, look, I'm going to just dive all the way down with stories. Yeah, I, I know people talk about like these, you know, lightning bolts from the sky. That's like, ah, this is what I should do. But I think for me, it was the full journey. It was um, a lot of micro moments that ended up being a macro view on the world. So, you know, when I when I was probably about nine or 10, my dad took me to work one day with him when school was out, but work wasn't. And we went to three calls that day. My dad sold, my dad was a publisher of a newspaper, but to become a publisher, he sold classified ads. Think about that. Classified ads. The paper he sold for was free. So you just go pick up the paper. It was free. So the only way the paper survived is if my dad sold ads in this classified paper that was free to people. So I went to the first call and I remember that, uh, my dad had a suit and tie on like a shirt and tie. And he was like buttoned up and we go into the office and it's like a bank. And he, he says, you wait, you wait here. We're going to wait here in the waiting room. They wait for the waiting room. And then the lady's like, okay, he'll see you. My dad walks back this hallway and he goes, can he wait here? You know, this is 19, you know, 91, 95, something like that. And they're like, yeah, he can wait here. So I'm waiting there. And then the guy goes, is that your son? And he goes, yeah, but he doesn't need to be like, nah, bring him back. I'm like, yeah, dope. So I'm in there. I was a respectful kid. I wasn't, you know, ADD, uh, crazy, bouncing off the walls by any means. I was, I was cool. Respect to anybody who has ADD because I had a lot of friends that did, not trying to be rude. So I'm sitting there. I'm chilling out. And, like, my dad's got the tie and he's buttoned up. And he, like, he, he, he not manipulatively, but he aligns with the audience. This is a bank president. My dad looks like a banker. And he's having a conversation about, the product, but he does it in a way where he casts a vision for a better future for the bank if they have an ad. I mean, our goal, remember, our goal as salespeople is to cast a vision of a better future. If you work with me and our company and our product and our service, we will create a better future for you than the one you can create for yourself. That's the whole game of sales. And the problem is me telling you, Feature function benefit every single time doesn't cast this better future because I'm relying upon my audience 
to come up with that future in their minds. We've been selling wrong. We we're selling on, you know, like the earliest of salespeople were brilliant because this is what they would do. They would go to a lady and they would sell a vacuum cleaner. And then they would say to them, Hey, let me come in and vacuum your house. Right. Like we remember these door to door salespeople and they're like, okay, cool. And then with the lady, they show them the better future. If they buy that rainbow vacuum, why? Because they do it right there in front of them. They're vacuuming the tough stain. They're cleaning it up. They're like, throw some Cheerios down. You got kids are vacuuming. And that lady's thinking in her head because he says it. Hey, you'll be able to watch more soap operas. You'll be able to read more books, better future. You'll be able to have more time. Why? Because you only have to vacuum once. Why? Because we'll take the stains out. Why? Because you don't have to soak anything. Our thing does that. Like whatever it was, right? They're creating a better future. And what's happened is we've lost that sense. So, um, you know, I would, I would tell you that my journey was seeing my dad go from that call to then we go into the tractor company, him taking the tie off, him rolling the sleeves up, him buttoning it up and him saying, all right, you can come into this one. And they don't even talk. They don't even talk about the deal. They drink cups of coffee. They talk about the St. Louis Cardinals. We were from Missouri. They talk about baseball. They talk about the kids. My dad's telling stories with me in the room. And then, and then the guy asked me, he's like, oh, I bet you're a Cardinals fan. I was like, yeah, I bleed red, you know, like because the Cardinals are red, right? And like I'm saying these funny things, and my dad's like, yeah, keep it going, right? At the end, my dad goes, hey, we still got you for a full-page ad. You better believe it. Shake hands, leave. We go to the third call. Dad rolls the sleeves down, but he doesn't put the tie up. And I see my dad in this environment and I loved it. Why? Because my dad was always on a stage, bro. That's what sales is. You kind of like, you're stepping up to the stage. And I think I thrived in that environment. I liked doing presentations. I liked being the public speaker. I liked it when they said, you're going to teach the lesson today. I liked being up at home plate to try to hit the home run to win. I liked that spotlight, but I liked it for this purpose. And here's the shift. Not for egotistical, not for arrogance, not for let me see for impact for change. I believed that I could impact people's life and change their life and give them a better future if they would just listen to what we had to talk about. So I saw my dad do that. And I saw others do that. And then I got my first job selling knives at Cutco. And I made a little bit of money doing that. And I was like, man, this is pretty sweet. Like, I get to just tell stories. So I would go in and I would do the I would do the vacuum job, bro. And I would tell them like, you know, imagine if you had just a little bit more time to enjoy your glass of wine because the Cutco cuts that carrot so much faster. Better future. Imagine if now when you're preparing food, your husband can't say, nah, I can't do that. Yeah, you can. These are the sharpest knives in the entire Western hemisphere. And he's like, let me check that out. And now we've given him a story to be excited about. Now he's helping with dinner. He never helps with dinner, right? So I would just cast these crazy visions and like I'd be on the training casting that vision and we're closing deals. And so I did that for about, I don't know, man, four or five months. And I was like, yes, and for me, I'm out. When I got my first sales job, uh, they threw me on a truck. And I, I was working for like a CentOS-like company. And the goal was to sell aprons, mop heads. And I realized this, that it doesn't matter what you're selling. The idea is, and, and this is the easy, simple format that we use at Craft & Compel, that all of your listeners can steal And if they don't get it, reach out to me. But it's this. The easiest format is, what is our audience's story? What is our story? And what's the better future story together? And if we will go according to that, we win. The problem with sales today is the order is this for most salespeople. What's our story? Now what's your story? 
okay, now what we can do together. Buyers don't want that. We live in a culture where people want to know that you understand them, that you hear them, that you know their brand and what they're about. So the more people we can figure out where they're on the podcast, what content they're putting out, what does their website say? You know, have they ever spoke at a chamber of commerce meeting? What, what's their business trying to do in the industry? Where do they stand in the industry? Have they been involved in any big mergers, acquisitions? Yeah, so if we can know more about our audience and then speak to that, then our, then our prospect will lower their shield just a little bit to say, okay, who are you? Why do you know that? And we start building trust. Now, I want you to think back to some of the great things I learned from Dale Dupree at the Sales Rebellion, that if we can send a memorable outreach of, of dude, I've even got one right here, the red envelope, you know, crumpled letter that's so infamous. If we can send something like that out to them or the coaster I created when I worked with the rebellion, coffee on me, coffee on me. I know no one can see the, see the video probably, but there's a big coaster with my face on it. And on the back is my Venmo. They request $5. I send that to them. It's not about whether they actually request the coffee. It's about being memorable. So if I send that and I say, yo, did you get my coaster? Yeah, I did. That's crazy. Well, Hey, I know at one up podcast that you guys are trying to impact all the SDRs in the world. And there's so many of them. How are you making sure that you're impacting the right SDRs in the world? I think that craft and compel, we can help you tell the right story to get the right SDRs. So you don't have a whole bunch of just drive by SDRs. You have people that are committed to the profession and impacting people, man, you want to jump on a call and talk about this. Well, now that story, my story, better future. Right. And, and so we've got to use that framework to sell. I saw my dad do that. I jumped into sales. I realized it and it worked everywhere. It didn't matter whether I was selling payroll at automatic data processing. It didn't matter whether I sold contacts to optometrists at Johnson and Johnson. It didn't matter if when I became a high school educator, I was selling an economics lesson to 18 year olds that didn't want to be there that would rather be out having fun, doing their thing. It always was the same thing. Let the audience know that you know about them and their story, find common ground and alignment, tell them why your story is aligned and why it can impact their world, and then give them and cast a better future. At the end of the day, the worst thing that can happen is they say, I don't want that future. Okay, then we're not the right product for you. Why do it the <laughs> other way? Why do it the other way and fail? Because it's the, it, ultimately, that is the future that we provide. Oh, man. Yes. That's a uh, Chris Swanson heat for you, uh, Chris. That was phenomenal. It's funny you used, you used to work at uh, Cutco because uh, I had a relative that did that too. Mm. And it's uh, what I, what I found was um, extraordinary is while you're casting your story, I as as we were following along, I can actually see it, and <laughs> that's quite remarkable. And um, so to recap this uh, real quick, if that's all right. Where most people go wrong is they start off with their story, right? It's all about them, them, yep. them, them, their company, their product, their service. We see it in all the emails. We see it everywhere. Yep. And we want to be able to talk about their story and what we know of them. Show me that you know me. And it's like, hey, Chris, notice you're helping other people impact stories. And then you go cast the future pretty much. Yeah. And I know, let me, let me, I want to, as a salesperson, I want to go to the objection that your listeners are telling themselves right now. Well, Chris, I got a database of 2,500 people. How can I be personalized and tell them their story on every one? 
what I would recommend is you take your, you take your CRM, you take your, your prospect list and you divide it up 50, 50, 50% are your top revenue earner prospects. Like I can make the most money off of these to hit quota top 50%. Um, with some clients, I even go top 20%. So find that 20% of, let's say it's 2000 in your CRM and your database. Find that 20% that can literally help you make your quota if you close one of them. They deserve the most hyper-personalized journey, sales cadence journey that you can do. Your next percentage, 30%, they need some personalization uh, to know that you know about a little bit about them. And then that bottom 50%, yeah, if you want to spam the crap out of them, you can. What I would tell you is cast the future up front for them. And that is what maybe get them engaged because you're still talking about them and their story. <laughs> the problem is, is we're seeing people that are sending 100 emails a day and, and it's all the same. You know, the whole joke of like, hello, first name. That's not personalization just because you found my name on the internet. What's personalization is if you know I love Star, Star Wars. What's personalization if you know I love Cardinals. What's personalization is if you see behind, you're like, this guy's a Nintendo fan. And I had someone recently ask me, what's your favorite Nintendo game? And on a Zoom call, and I'm like, man, that is dope. I'm so glad you asked me that. But if we begin to think about it in terms of if stories connect, then we're going to build a better future together. That's our primary goal as salespeople. <laughs> yes. Um, Chris, how are we doing on time? Uh, do we have a quick another minute or two before we go? I know yeah, absolutely. I got, yeah, okay. I got a couple more minutes. Okay. Um, just out of curiosity. Let's, uh, let's, let's shift down to MidFunnel now. Uh, how can AEs leverage uh, stories and when should they do it? Would it be in like more of the beginning, you know, towards the end, kind of sprinkle on our raw or uh, what, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, give me, give me some more context. We have an AE and an SDR yeah. set up this appointment and now the AE is coming to the call? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I got a big theory about this and a philosophy is that too many organizations because of how segmented they are from marketing top funnel to then SDR to then AE, they're not actually all telling this a synchronous story. And it's very distorted for a buyer. So let's just play this out, bro. Let's say, I don't know. Oh, here we go. Let's say we're selling, you know, no one else can see this, but this is a sure microphone that plugs in to your phone. It's for creatives, right? It's for, for people that are recording videos or content. All right. So everyone can see it's a tripod. You put your phone in. It's got a little boom mic on top. You plug into your iPhone. Cool. So let's say this is the product we're selling, all right? So marketing comes up with this awesome, you know, awesome video and top of the funnel, you know, to sell these. But they want to sell them to sell to companies that have large salespeople because they're like, hey, you need to all be building your personal brand. So we're not talking about the one-off. Now we want to sell 50 of them to, you know, say Salesforce or 100 of them to Salesforce. That's how sure is going to make their money. So I want you to think about that. Marketing. You got the marketing cube, you got the rooms that people are building now, and you got this cool mic that people are setting up and it's closing deals. Well, that's great. SDR gets on the phone. Hey, I heard you guys, I saw over at OneUp that you guys downloaded our how do salespeople create a personal brand from sure, from our company. Man, I bet you guys got creative rooms everywhere. You guys seem like the company. I've seen, you know, who are the storytellers inside your company? Well, now like, am I following the same story? I am. But Jackson, that's not what happens. You know what happens? An SDR calls and says, hey, man, I saw you guys downloaded that thing. I don't know if you saw it, but that boom mic, it actually is wind protective. 
All right, so it'll keep the sound and the wind out. And did you know it plugs directly into the iPhone? And this, man, this tripod's so sturdy that, man, it's going to be so effective for them. I don't know how tall your desks are inside the cubes, but, man, that's going to be really great. Man, the SDR just ruined the better future. So let's just say SDR gets lucky and they get an appointment. AE jumps on. Yo, I know you met with our SDR. I know you had the marketing. And I just want to tell you, like, you're not going to find a better mic than what we have, you know, right here with Sure. It's a brand that's strong. I bet you have some questions. But wait a minute. We started at marketing how every salesperson needs to be a storyteller for a company. And that's what inspired this buyer to take the appointment with the SDR. Yeah. I think the failure is that AEs and SDRs are not saying this is the story that we're telling and we want to make sure there's story congruence and instead there's story confusion. So my advice to an AE is go talk to that SDR who set this appointment and make sure that you're in line with what the story was that you told them. Now I know, well, I look in the CRM. Well, let's be honest. If someone was to take the conversation we're having right now and type that out and put it in a CRM, it would be sterile. I don't get to hear how Chris Watson was talking. I just get to read the words. No, I'm, I'm coming up with the language in my mind. And that's why I think with the tools that we have of people recording calls um, and people hearing what that sounds like and what the, you know, the Zoom call, whatever it is that you guys, people are using, AE needs to be tuned into that. So my advice for an AE is make sure that you are understanding the journey of this buyer. And are we just continuing to roll them down to the better future? Or are we disrupting that? Dude, how many times have you and I been online trying to buy something? We're almost ready to click and something's not right. So we have to get on a chat. What happens? What happens is they start us from the very start of the decision-making process in our brain. Hey, Chris, why did you come to us today at Sure? What do you mean? This is sitting in my cart. (laughs) You just started me all over. Or how many times have you and I got on with a credit card company having an issue with something? And they're like, we're going to need to transfer you. And they transfer you. And you just went through 20 minutes of telling that person what? A story and how you got there and all the context. You get to the next person. They're like, what brings you in today? What brings me in today? It's really frustrating. Um, it, it, in fact, it's so frustrating that you don't want to do business with them. And that's what we got to think about our buyers is how do we keep them in the mindset of what brought them there first? And how do we then say, we've been teasing this better future that every salesperson should be a storyteller. So let's continue to sell this microphone as that. So then when the AE gets it and they're like, man, SDR talked about um, the SDR set this appointment because this person just built 20 different soundproof rooms that people can create vidyard videos for their sales outreach. And I'm AE. I'm like, John, man, I've been creating vidyard videos. I wanted to tell you with this microphone now for the last eight months and it's changed the engagement. People are clicking more. People are reaching out. I'm memorable when I call. And so what you got to decide is, do you want everyone to have a personal sure mic where they can do stuff at home? Or are you only going to have these stored inside those rooms? Well, that guy's thinking, man, he knows my story. I didn't even tell him we built the rooms because he got it from the SDR. Oh man, I didn't even have to tell him that I wanted all my salespeople to be better storytellers using video. He got that all from SDR. That is what AE should be thinking about whether you're diving into storytelling or not, how do I continue 
where that mindset is and transport this buyer back to the last conversation they had that they actually made a decision to say, yes, I want to move on in the funnel. I want to move on to the next piece of process. Damn. Chris Watson, that was heat, man. Thank you for sharing that. And, um, you know, it's funny. There's just before we end this uh, recording here, it, this is a huge, huge problem with a lot of companies too. Uh, there's a lot of uh, internal misalignment, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to understanding the buyer's journey. And there's a huge gap there where they typically work in silos. And, you mm-hmm. know, I always emphasize the, the, and stretch the importance of that SDR to AE alignment and what you just said in terms of adding the notes. Uh, I always tell a lot of people, when you do the notes, tell it as if you're talking to them. Yeah, And, it, you know, it's it, it been so much better for the buyer's journey, like you mentioned. For instance, let's say they shot a Vidyard video about Dennis the Menace to you. Mm-hmm. And then when you join on the call, hey, and you set the up contract, uh, thanks for meeting today. I'm curious, just before we get started, you know, what's your story with Dennis the Menace? I actually mm-hmm. liked him too as a kid. And that creates a personal connection, just creates yeah. ice. Um, but fire, man. Chris, thank you for that. Um, so, Chris, without, without further ado, uh, help us uh, better understand um, for any reps out here who's currently listening, you know, if they want to reach out to you and say thank you and, you know, just uh, reach out to directly, what's the best way to do that? And if there's anyone uh, got special thanks to. Yeah. I mean, you can reach out to us at, uh, you know, at craftandcompelled.com, www.craftandcompelled.com. Find me on LinkedIn. If you're a rep that you're like, man, I want to use storytelling to firm up my initial pitch, my presentation, or just my process, my, my outbound cadence, whatever those are, we've created what, what we're calling story selling. And uh, it literally is a framework to help a salesperson from outreach all the way to closing the deal. And so if you're a portion of that, or you have a full sales cycle, either way, story selling can equip you to use better storytelling, because here's what you need to know. You're already telling a story. It just isn't that good, probably. And you're trying to tell yourself and tell the community, I don't know how to tell stories. No, it's not true. We're all telling stories. It's just whether they're engaging and whether they're intentional uh, or not. Yeah. There it is. Chris, thank you for coming on the One Up Revenue podcast. We appreciate you being here. My pleasure, man. Thanks so much.